don't care if you young, old, just coming out, coming it's back out. The if you ain't got that record, always about the record. What's up, y'all? This is Timbo King, and this is the Timbo King Live Show. Today's special guest, we have hip-hop journalist Bones Malone. Bones, what's good, family? Good to see you, man. Everything great, man? Yes, sir. Thank you for coming down to the show, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's nice. Hip-hop man. journalist Bones Malone, man. Yeah, man. Man. Yeah, you know what I mean? Classic writer. Well, you started off at uh, Spin, what it was, Double XL? I actually started off at R.A.L. Um, uh, Russell Associated yeah, Label? Russell okay. Associated Label. R.A.L., for people that don't know. Yeah, that was like a little industry in itself. Everybody who worked there, you know, went on to work at different labels and stuff like that. We're talking 87, 88. I just came out of high school. So, you know, phonetically spelling stuff as I did in Spin, um... So Spin was a that a was rock the first yeah magazine. It was, it was a it was a actual um, an alternative, alternative rock, mag- rock magazine. magazine. Okay. Yeah, it was a, a Rolling Stones competition. So so you used to be a writer for that, meaning for the groups of uh, alternative rock bands. No, actually, I was writing hip. I was writing about hip hop there, you know. Okay. But um, they found out about me from doing the biographies for RAL. You know, that was actually my first job, and then... So you mean to tell me you did the bios for the artists on R.E.L.? Yeah. Like, yeah. for example? Oh, uh, man, like, you know, um, Slick Rick was Slick the Rick show. the Ruler? Yeah, wow. Slick Rick. You know, the, the, that was the greatest, the Great Adventures album. Oh, you're funny. First, that was a great... Yeah. <laughs> 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 so what you... You had to be with that artist at that time to get a bio? Was it a phone call? Was it a studio session? How did you translate his lifestyle to the bio well it was you know usually we would sit down to do the bio so i was uh you know sat down with slick rick you know hung out with him um he's he's just a great personality great character we hit it off right away and um did that with third base and a whole lot of others who just went down the line and until you know so I think between me and Bill Adler, who's the one who who's the head of publicity, who actually brought me into the industry and introduced me to Leroy and Russell, that we carved up everything. It's just the two of us. Was there any information in the bio that they told you to take out that they didn't want the world to know? Not, some not, some not, artists. Not necessarily. It was some, um, you know, it, it. There was sometimes when it was like, yeah, don't put that in, or it's like off the record, but. Um, for the most part, it was really straight lace. And I'll tell you the truth, I had to learn how to actually do that because that wasn't something that, you know, came natural to me. I, w- I knew about doing stories and, and interviewing people, but actually doing biographies is, you know, that, that's a real, that's a skill by itself. So You I, went to school for journalism? Um, yeah, I, had, I went to school for journalism um, in high school, and then I came straight out of high school into the business, and you know, so working with Bill Adler, who has experience with um, the Washington Post, he he had the journalistic background, so he could guide me, man, and you know, it it just worked out because so he was like a, a mentor for you at yeah, that time. Yeah, he was a great dude, and you know, I, I you know I trusted him, and he he never let me down. Like he just he actually told me, he said, man, you could get paid writing like this you know for professionally he saw it in a high school newspaper and and he just showed up what at, high school newspaper was it was a new youth connections he showed up at the offices and he was like you know i read this i couldn't believe it like you know 
And um, this was within the five boroughs. Within the five boroughs, it went to all the high schools, all okay. the public high schools in the city, and you know, it was just writing about social. And Bose Malone's was your your writer. Yeah, it was always always a writer name, and even before then, when I was writing graffiti, it was always Bones. So, you know, I had done some graffiti articles in that newspaper, so you know. I was able to to like spotlight certain things and and still talk about social issues on the street and from when he showed up and he said he saw that and that you know he wanted to bring me into the industry that just blew my mind right too. So you're like you are the first hip hop journalist. Yeah, if quote unquote. Quote unquote. It's you know I'm the first one that's down with Rocksteady. I'm the first one that's down you know, with Zulu Nation or, you know, affiliated with them for many years. And, you know, also Low Lifes, you know, those three. Low Lifes. Yeah, you know what Pick I'm saying? Big up Thurston Howe, Rack Low. You already know what it is. You know, those three um, organizations are international, and those are like the only three in hip-hop. So I'm the only journalist that, or writer, period, that's down, you know, with all three, or have been for a significant amount of time. So that's why I would say, and, and you know, to anybody who's like, yeah, if there is an official title, then then you'd have to give it to me because I've earned that, you know what I'm saying? So you're like the journalist of the hip-hop culture, and your word is bond. Yeah, you know what I'm Basically. saying? Yeah. So if you say, yo, this album is trash, the album is trash. Yeah, it's trash. You know what I'm saying? You can trace it back to the source with the five mics, you know? So you're um, the inventor of five mics as well? I'm one of the dudes who, who could validate a person with five mics. So who was the first five mics artist that you know? I think that that was Nas with the Illmatic. The I Illmatic think, album. I think Minya O is... um. You know, Miss Info, she's credited for, for Miss that. Miss Info, yeah, okay. She's credited early for Info. That. Early yeah. Miss Info. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So your early days at Russell Simmons, when we was in the green room, you was telling me about the Crush Crew days. Yeah. Now, you were in Crush Crew? No, I wasn't in Crush Crew. I saw Crush Crew right down the block at the oh. Kenmore Theater on Fulton. Oh. Shout out to I thought you was in Crush Crew. No, you I was in Juice. Yeah, I was in Juice. You was in Juice, right. Yeah, but the Crush, the crush era, you know, the Crush Groove era, um, you know, came from, or R.A.L. came out of the Crush Groove era, which, you know, Russell Simmons, Simmons Larry Larry. So Larry those Smith. offices in the movie was actually his real office? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's like they, and those are the real acts, you know, those are the f real first acts, the biggest acts, shout out to Fat Boys, you know. Um, salt York. and pepper, you know that that right there rocked the world because before then you had you know Wild Style, which is a staple. You had Style Wars, graffiti documentary. You had Beach Street, but so Crush those were the Group, three. Those, those independent like, films. Yeah, you say independent. Right? I would Crush say, Group was uh, a major film, right? Crush Group was a major film, but it was it's not so much which one was a, an independent or not that this ushered in a new era. Okay. Crush Groove ushered in a new era. That was a new era of music. You know what I'm saying? Up until Crush Groove, you had pretty much... It was um, like, I say, not to cut your wisdom off, I would say Crush Groove was like the era of music hip-hop, and the other movies that you named was like mostly the graffiti and breakdancing. Yeah, it's a, in you that know, form. Yeah, that's a good point. It, it's, a, it's an industry movie, you know, um... But up until that moment of Crush Groove, like the mid-80s, you know, hip-hop and even rap, you know, rap groups were groups. 
Yeah. Crush Groove ushers in individual acts as well as groups. And you didn't see that before. Like LL, you know what I'm saying? LL, like the quintessential artist. Just, just he was the first solo artist like, on Def Jam? LL, yeah. That to actually come out, yeah. Yeah. You know, Tila Rock was the first one signed, but LL, LL's the one that just But it's exploded. yours, Tila Rock. Yeah. You know, he was signed, but to come out, yeah, it was LL. I mean, he's a, he's a single artist. Up so he's a milestone him. of Def Jam yeah. Records. You know, Russell Russell had, Russell's first artist is Curtis Blow. He's a single act. I thought he was the DJ for Curtis Blow. Who? Russell? No, Run. Run was the DJ. Well, Run, they call, they call Run the son of Curtis Blow. So that's, okay. that, you know what I mean? You know, he there's a lot of influence there. But as far as Russell's first act, it's Curtis Blow. He signed to Mercury, though. He's not on Def Jam. Mm. So he, you know. So he, this is Russell management now. Yeah, this is, this is Russell as a manager. You know, okay. he, he gets... He he gets a pressed up copy of Christmas rapping with Curtis Blow. He goes to a um a, a, a Sugar Hill party mm. and he, he tries to get AJ, DJ AJ, who was spinning there to play the song. AJ plays the song, people start liking the song in the middle of the set. They were like, yo, you wanna hear Curtis Blow do his new joint Christmas rap? And everybody was like, Yeah. They, he gets up on stage, he rocks it. He gets signed like, you know, days later. And then, you know, to show love to AJ, Curtis does the song AJ Scratch. Mm. And then that just. That's the just, origin of that record. Yeah. And then just, but you know, as a thank you for what he did that night in order for him to get the Mercury deal. And then AJ Scratch sells. I think that that was like a, like, must have been like a platinum song. That was on an independent label at that time? Nah, that was AJ Scratch's On Mercury 2. That thing just blew up. It was his second single. So, you know, Curtis Blow didn't come down from then, and that's where, you know, Russell got his bread. Basketball record was on that album, too? Basketball, too. Yeah, 8 Million Stories. 8 Million Stories. That was a huge album. album. The Breaks. The album used to be in my living room on a a love seat. Yeah, that's a a classic. The Breaks was on there. Yeah, that's a classic, man. Curtis Blow made his mark, and you know. So, what made you get into writing? What do you wanted to be a journalist? You was a. I was bombing trains, man. I love, I love bombing trains. So I was always, you know, a graffiti writer. I was always writing. Where you from? Where you from? I'm from. I was born in the Bronx. You know. Okay. Um, BX in the building. I was born in the Bronx. I lived in Far Rock for six years. Shout out to them. Okay. And then uh, I moved to Brooklyn when I was 16, and. That was it, you know. So out of all the places, I claim Brooklyn because Brooklyn is the first place I ever went to jail. So you can trace it back to jail. That's where I'm from, you know. So I tell people officially I was born in the Bronx, but I was made in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. That's where it is. So the the era of hip-hop that you wrote stories about, was there to your heart or... Or you did it for uh, a paycheck, because most journalists do stuff for a paycheck. I was, be I was very. They don't even care about the music. This is like, yo, I got a paycheck. Yeah, I'm just you're right. No, I, I was very fortunate to get a paycheck from it, and they paid me very well for it. Russell did. Thank you, and Leo. But it was always from the heart. From the heart. Man. You know, it's again. You know, for me to say the first hip hop journalist is because I'm bombing trains, man. 
that's hip-hop. That's the first element of hip-hop is graffiti. So I'm bombing trains. I'm going over writers. I'm, I'm robbing conductors. I'm robbing other writers. Then I'm going to RAL doing bios. After mm. I leave there, I'm going back to Crown Heights. We got a crack team on Smelling the street. Smelling like spray cans and Smelling all that. Smelling like spray cans, all of that. Stealing cars. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Next day, bombing trains. Then they go back to the office. I'm showing up with ink and paint all over my joints, man. Yeah, I was, I was, you know, I was real to business. So, you know, this was, this was life for me. It was the things that I was writing about is because my best friend was illiterate. So, mm. you know, the first column I ever had was called Radio Graffiti. It was phonetically spelled, you know, and I was the only one doing that, you know, in magazines because what magazine was that? That was Spin. Okay. That was Spin, and um. That's where that's where it really broke out. It was like, yo, who is this guy? And they thought that I was doing it for a gimmick or, like you said, a paycheck. And, you know, they never knew that it was my best friend who was illiterate. He had mm. to drop out of school because he had to raise his brothers and sisters. Matter of fact, you know, it's his brothers and sisters' kids because his brothers and sisters were on crack. They mm. couldn't raise him. Mm-hmm. And he had to be an adult, and he was younger than me. Mm-hmm. So I wanted him to, to actually... Um, experienced the, the success with me, you know, and celebrating it. So I was writing about him and he couldn't read it. And everybody else in the industry was like, yo, this kid is a hit. This thing is crazy. We never seen anything before like this. You know, it's phonetic. It's it's exciting. And, you know, finally hip hop had uh, an alphabet and I'm showing them how to use it in a sentence. You know what I mean? So, so you and Harry Allen was cool? Yeah, I knew Harry, you know, and we, we were cool, but, you know, it was riding as a real competitive sport. I mean, we're cool now, okay. you know, because we, you know, we're older, we're cool now. But I don't, you know, it was really hard for me then, you know, even with the guys who I, I worked with really closely because I had never been in a riding room before. You What's know? that like, to be in a riding room, like, with a bunch of riders and everybody's yeah. antennas is up? It's like, you know... I got the best wordplay. I have the best <laughs> idea. You yeah. know, it's it's different because up until that moment, the the only writing room I've ever been in was a bullpen. You know what I'm saying? With <laughs> other writers, and anytime, you know, you gather with real critical thinking. Yo, huh? you either you either gonna write with them or you are gonna fight with them. So okay. it's like for me to be at the source, and we're talking about five mics and all of that, and. You know, that was real different, man, just to have these editorial meetings. But I was also trained for that at the high school newspaper. But to do it for, you know, professionally there with other ones who these are people in this room that also have a name themselves to people who I respect that I needed to to grow, you know, And, and I really it really helped because I love and respected them, you know. So it, I was, I was proud to be around them. I was a proud to be a part of their group, and I would have just, you know, defended them passionately, no matter what, because it's all coming from the heart. So if they had beef, I had beef, basically. And you know, it's it, that sound like we your never brother, had um, beef. Ma- sound <laughs> like Mob good. Deep now, right there, Mob Deep line. Did you do a write up on Mob Deep before too, right? Um, R.I.P. Prodigy. Yeah, that's that's yo. <laughs> shout out to you know the Prodigy. That's funny because you said if I had have, beef, you had. No, nah, but you know it's, it's interesting that all the bios that I've done, I've easily done over a hundred, way way over a hundred. I never wrote about uh, Mob Deep. I don't think never? I've ever. I don't think I've ever written about Mob Deep. 
you know. But you and Mob Deep were so close. Yeah, you know, I brought them to Island Records. You know what I'm saying? So I, you know, you responsible for responsible their, their first their first deal, their first okay. deal, and stick, you know, and help them when uh when Matt and Scott took over. And brought them to, to to loud, you know. Shout out to Steve Riff and uh, Rich Isaacson too. They're great dudes, great dudes. That that label had to be formed for groups like Mob Deep because there's no other label like that existed before. The unsignable, you know, the artists. You know what I mean? The the groups that do no no commercial, no yeah. commercial songs. That they didn't want no commercial songs at all. So you had to they create any hooks. All that. You know what I'm saying? So you had to create a label like that. And then Loud was created and that's the only that's the only label that ever beat Def Jam. You know what I'm saying? You know, uh, at the Beat Def highest, Jam by what though? Not numbers. That numbers like creativity. They had down the line like a Def course, Jam numbers is incredible. Nah, nah. When when you had Pete Rock, Dead Press, Pun, Mob Deep, nah, be Nah, Def Jam couldn't handle that. It was, it was. What's that? Ninety? You saying ninety five to ninety four okay, to ninety eight? Yeah, yeah, that. that but was, you, from that, that same strong. time, ninety four, ninety eight, you had Mob Deep. You had um, uh, Big Pun, uh, the Wu Tang. Yeah, Wu. Yeah, Ray and Ghost. Ray and Ghost. That's God. that's five years worth yeah, for. Yeah, that's awesome. It was, it was, right it was a runaway train, bro. You know, but you know, those were the days. That was the 90s, and in the 90s, what made my job really so fantastic is that we were in each other's studio. You know, we were we would listen to earlier, we like, would listen to each other's album while it was being made, and nobody's album sounded the same, man. It, we, we had creative push for sharp each and other. Still sharp still at that time. Still sharp and still, man. Every album was fantastic. You made me better for me listening fantastic, to your material before man. the world listened to Word it. Word to mother. You play it now, a, a number, a, like a three mic or a four mic album sounds like a five now because of the trash that's out now. I'm wow. sorry, but that's the way it is. We got, New York is the only place that argues about what hip-hop is or isn't. Everywhere else this in is the, the world. This is the mecca. Yeah, but everywhere else in the world don't argue they 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 look and dress like this is 86 89 92 forever we have an indelible mark of on the world of what hip-hop looks like forever man zulu mm. nation did that rock steady did that you know what i'm saying wild style crush groove all these movies did that and they're playing all the time the 90s did speaking that speaking of movies you was in juice yeah, yeah, that was the first movie. I'm just a real small scene, but behind the scenes, I was a script supervisor for Blackwell because it's an Chris island. Blackwell. Chris Blackwell. Chris Blackwell, who okay. owned Island, island Records, Records and and Fourth and Broadway. You okay. know, that's um, Eric B. and Rakim's label. Um, he also owned Island Films, so Juice is an Island film. Mm. So he said to me, you know, he gave me the script. He said, read this, and then you know, he came back. Um, you know, about a month later or something like that. And he, he said, what do you think about it? I said, how much you going to spend? He said, like $3 million. I said, man, spend that. You going you gonna to so make that So Juice took $3 million for, to produce? Know, $3 million. That's yeah, that's it. Wow. You know, so what, 91, something like that? So, so you also was in Life, the movie too, right? Yeah. R.I.P. Heavy D. You yeah. was in a scene with him. Y'all was like, what, co-defendants? Like... Yeah, that was a jail scene. We, yeah. were, we were in prison together. Um, and, you know, we had spoken... Um, it was interesting to do that scene, 
the the late great Ted Demi, who is in in charge of putting together Yo MTV Raps, which they're about to do a you know a big anniversary on June first. Shout out to Fred. Um, he did the movie, and he he saw me at Sundance after I did Slam, and he said I got something for you. So they they had us to come out to Sacramento to do this scene, and it just kept raining every day. It was raining, raining, raining for like a month, for like a month. They had already booked the ticket. It was like pushing a bit. They couldn't push it back anymore, and they would say, yo, come out, rain or shine. We showed up. It was raining. We get to the set. It stops raining. Sun comes out. We do the scene. As soon as we wrap the scene, it starts pouring again. We leave. It was unbelievable, man. For and what's the days. Sacramento, Sacramento, California? Yeah, Sacramento. That's that's on life. But it's it's you know it's fantastic. That's a hundred million dollar movie. You know that's at that time a hundred million. Yeah, yeah. Easy. Wow. You know it's or close to it. You know it's it's certainly made so much. It runs forever because, you know, unfortunately, there's almost like at least three, almost four people or. or Perhaps four people that dead passed away, in that passed movie. away yeah. from that movie, and I think that that's the first movie that Martin and Eddie ever did together. together. So that that is always going to play forever. I'm really glad to be a part of that, and I miss Ted. You know, he's mm -hmm. a really good dude. What's up with Saul Williams? You and Saul Williams look real cool, yeah, right? That's my man, Saul. Yeah. You know, Saul. I like his poetry too. Oh, his his poetry is awesome. I mean, he had hook. a Broadway. He did uh, the Tupac. Bro. Yeah, he did Tupac. We yeah. were there the opening night. Yeah. We were there the opening night. I thought was, what was the name of his play? Night. It was on Broadway. Um, Well, I know the Tupac joint. Um, What's the name of his play? Man? I, you know, he's done so many different. He's done so many different projects and he's lived, you know, in. That's the one thing about being successful in in you know in your talent and in your craft. You could live any place in the world, mm -hmm. you know. And um, you know, he's raising his family, you know, his daughter, and I mean, this his man. This man's talent is just so incredible that you know I'm a fan of his work no matter what, forever. Even before we did Slam. You know, I was a fan of his work, and that movie Slam is responsible for the deaf poetry Slam. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That movie came out before that. Matter of fact, I was the first host of the deaf poetry Slam, and um, I did it for Danny Simmons. You know what I'm saying? That's Again, the third you know, brother of the Simmons yeah, brothers, of the right? Simmons brothers. That's the low key one, right? You yeah, never get to see Danny. That's the painter, but Danny, Danny's the elder he, brother. He's from Brooklyn. He lives in Brooklyn. Yeah, right? we used yeah. to live on the same block on yeah. Grand. Around the corner from Biggie, so it's just a small yeah, I, that's world. That's crazy about Biggie. I was about to ask you about the Biggie. The toy. You responsible for um, the Notorious B.I.G. the video or something like that? No, nah, the Juicy nah, video. No, nah, not the video. I gave him the title King of New York. Okay, I gave okay. him that. You know, what okay. I'm saying that that wasn't a title that anybody aspired to in hip hop. It didn't exist. So you're the origin of crowning somebody the king of New York. Yeah. So all these artists is calling themselves king of New York now. They don't have the right to call themselves king nah, of New York. Man, unless was, a journalist. Nah, it's, they had nothing to do with that. That's it. it it's for Biggie. That was for okay. Big. That wasn't a title that anybody could aspire so to. Jay that, that had nothing to do. Nas, nobody, nobody. Nobody. That was for Big. It's on the okay. cover of Let's the Let's get source. this right. You, know what you I'm heard saying? this from hip-hop journalist Bones Malone. You know what it is. The man. king of New York is for notorious 
B Facts, man. I you could Google G. that, man. You could Google that, man. That's so it. everybody's saying that you're the king of New York. I mean, you can say what you want to say. You can say what you want to say, man. But, but you ain't here's getting, the man right here. You ain't here. getting five mics. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you getting five mics. And this mics, is the inventor man. of the five mics. You know and so. that was for Big. You know, that's it, it had to do with his album. He called himself Frank White. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Everybody knows. So you had the first release copy of a press release copy of that album before you got the review? Yeah, we playing it in the source. You know what I'm saying? Every unsigned person in the country came through the source. So you source heard Biggie Smalls' name. first demo? I heard the Roots joint. I heard Biggie's joint. I heard Pun. Joey Big Crack. Al? You heard Big Al? I heard them all, B. Heard them all. We would, you know, we held that thing down. Yeah, listen, I'm not exaggerating because we don't have to. We we were we were a serious, powerful entity in entertainment, man. You know what I'm saying? The source has shit by the balls, man. We had any unsigned artists in this country. So let me ask you a question: the total amount of sales of the Source magazine is in the millions and billions, publication-wise. In the millions. Uh, we're going to go to a commercial break right now. We're here with Bones Malone. This is the Timbo King Live Show. I'm your host, Timbo King. My name is Sean Cody. Welcome to my humble abode. Let me give you a tour of my home. That's Timothy, my butler. All this is motivational news only, man. This is the lifestyle. But, oh, back to giving you a tour. Gotta have some rock, some a colada towels today. Sit back, watch the sunset. Travel with me, Cody. Travels with me everywhere. And this is happy. Happy also likes blue dot. I'm gonna be back and I'll show y'all the rest of the back. Let me get changed right now. See y'all in a minute. We're back on the Timbo King Live Show. I'm your host, Timbo King. Special guest, Bones Malone in the building. Bones. Sure. So let me ask you a question. Now, are you a sneakerhead, man? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah? Absolutely. I retired, though. You yeah? Know? I still got a, you know, I still got a What's uh, your a favorite nice sneaker? Oh, wow. And why? Of all or right now? Uh, let's go with right now. Right now? Whew. Okay, right now, uh, I like the Vapors. The Vapors? Yeah, the Vapor Max. The Vapor Max is crack right now, B. Mm. Killing them. Especially, Which color? Um, I, I can't front the Mets color, the, the New okay. York Knicks you color, keep that, New York? that blue with that little orange it's shirt. Like electric, it's not electric blue, though, right? It's, it's like that with, like, not like a turquoise, turquoise blue. It's the it's the it's the match blue, yeah, man. Yeah. The match blue, the neck blue. I could, the garden blue with that little orange check. That's the. You killer. ever wrote an article about sneakers? Since you did music, you did film. Yeah, I've, I've you did written, articles about sneakers. Yeah, I've, written, I've written. So Nike ever sneakers. got in contact with you, or Adidas? Anybody, a big yeah, brand, got in contact I'm, I'm with done, you? I'm done, like, you know, four Nike commercials, man. Four Nike commercials. Yeah, at least, you know what I'm saying. I was the first. I was the voice for um, the Penny Hardaway, which, you know, is really the phone, oh. the phone positive, the one that was on the train, yeah. you know what I'm saying? New York, the NYC campaign, you know, that was me. <laughs> you know, wow. they gave me the Reggie Miller sneaker. They were like, do a voice. I said, whose sneaker is it? He said, Reggie Miller. Yo, I threw that thing. Wow. I threw that thing all over the studio. I was like, that, that nigga, yeah. I was screaming. They, they were, 
They so couldn't I play. A, I, I know you got a book coming up soon or something. A movie, yeah, yeah. scripts. You know, yeah, Bones Malone, movies. man. You're a bright, you're a bright journalist. You're a bright writer. Uh, a great person, you know. Oh, so, you, man, it took 20 years, 30 years for me to be here. I started when I was 18. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, my job now is to encourage other people to, to put their best out. You know, whatever it is, make it your best. Don't slack off, man. Not on the music, not on the culture, on nothing. Nothing. That's great you know advice to give to the youth out there. Word. This is the Timbo King Live Show. I'm your host, Timbo King. Special guest, Bones Malone. One love. I don't care if you're young, old, just coming out, coming it's back out. The record. If you ain't got that record, it's always about the record. At, at, at 21, I admit I was a savage until I got knowledge of self-mathematics.